Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Swung on, lined to deep left field. It is gone! It went! Batista's going to wave goodbye. Start the fireworks show. This is the official Covering the Corner podcast, episode 194. I am your host, Matt Lyons, on this week's episode. Talk about some meatballs, talk about some things the Guardians did this week in baseball. Talk about the trade rumor with the trade deadline coming up very soon. Uh, Zach, please, Zach, on the trade block. Are the Guardians finalists for Wilson Contreras? Are they in on San Murphy? Are any of these rumors even remotely real? Did anybody say them besides random Instagram accounts? We'll talk about that. Maybe look at some second half projections, depending on how much time we have at the end. Uh, join me for all that morning, Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? Matt, is Stephen Kwan the number one cutie on the Guardians now? <laughs> I mean, just number one in everything, but also cutie, yeah. I, I, think, I mean, I don't yeah. know. There's a couple of guys. Until Oscar you know, I mean, Gonzalez gets back, yeah. Yeah, that's true. He's, he's got a sweet smile. I mean, Josh Naylor has those eyes. Uh, and obviously, we have Shane Bieber. But, you know, I just got a, a, a lot of cutie pies in this team these days. It's, it's fun. <laughs> Josh Naylor is very angry looking, which I have. Yeah, a... but he seems so nice at the same time. Like, he's a. Uh, he, he's got a positive energy to, to his, psych, his psychopathy, you know? He seems like if you just met him, he'd look really aggressive. And like in the first five seconds, he'd be the nicest person you've ever met. Right, exactly. I, I just I, got those eyebrows. I have the same problem with my eyebrows. They just go down. And you just always look angry no matter what. Big old grump. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that's, that's how we podcast. Right? Just a bunch yeah. of big old grumps. Yeah, <laughs> resting grumpy face. I think is what yep. we call it. Not me. I'm smiling too much. So <laughs> just too many smiles. I got all you these wrinkles. I got all these smile wrinkles. Oh no! Look at that guy. I got cheek, pinchable cheeks. Ooh. <laughs> Pinch those little chicos. <laughs> you know what else is uh, pinchable, Mary? I, I don't know. That was maybe the weirdest segue, but it's the, the meatball section. Right? It's, I it's a squeezable, the strange, pinchable. That's so. <laughs> 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 my fault. <laughs> the pinchable, squeezable meatball section where we talk about fun little things the Guardians did over the last week. Um, just kind of our way of drilling down into things without talking about every little thing in, in Guardians. But I know you have two and I have one, so we'll do another Merit Meatball sandwich. You can go ahead with yours first, whatever your first you want one the, is. You want the stupid one or the one that gets progressively stupider? Oh, man, that's a, that is a tough choice. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go with door number one, whatever that one is. All right. Uh, Brian Shaw pitched this past weekend. <laughs> All right, I want the other one. I'm out. <laughs> I changed my mind. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we'll do the progressively stupider one. Uh, since we last... <laughs> Jesus. All right, sorry. Can't you can't lead off All with right. Brian Shaw, man. The sanctity of the meatballs, and you're going to lead off with Brian Shaw? It's a dumb can't one. can't do that. All right, this is really stupid. Um, all right, in the wake of his... Uh, since we last talked, uh, and in the wake of his one-for-six stretch at that point, not counting today's game, uh, Austin Hedges has found himself with... 
a couple of very interesting places to place him in the elite of the bad at the plate. He is now finding himself 10th worst among, amongst all baseball players in OPS Plus, uh, with those with more than 150 plate appearances. He's also third worst among all catchers. He's um, he's the eighth tallest hitter among those with OPSs under 50. <laughs> that is and, a very important stat, thank you. And also the eighth heaviest. So there you go. Um, all this to say... He's an absolute black hole of offense, and we're going to get into this in a bit, but it would be nice if they could do something about that. Because Literally anything. Just, you know how all the last couple of years we've talked about, just give us an, a league average hitter, and then we get like monkey's pawed into like Miles Straw or, or something like that. Um, not this year's Miles Straw, last year's Miles Straw, or even Owen Miller now with an OPS still at 94 OPS plus. Yeah. Um, yeah, even just a league average bat at catcher would make them, they're currently what, like seventh in uh, the AL in OPS. Like they're just a very dead average offensive team. Even doing anything about that glaring, horrifying 42 there in that line there would be great. So there you go. Um, thoughts? Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> I mean, we, we're talking about it a bunch. There's got to be a line and he's clearly way under it. I, I didn't ever realize that he, he is kind of tall for a catcher, isn't he? Yes, um, but not really tall. Just That's tall for thing. a terribly hitting catcher. He's he's. I I I, I wanted to do a, among all baseball players, but he's also uh, the fourth tallest of the bad hitting catchers. Uh, there's a, one of that I saw. I can't remember who it was, but he was six foot five. I mean, he's huge. I mean, it's not Salvador Perez, is it? Uh, it's Jacob Stallings. Oh, okay, yeah, I've seen him, and he's gigantic. He used to be on the Pirates. Now he's on. He's bad too. OPS plus at thirty eight. Yeah, he's terrible. So, is he in the Marlins now? I think he's really bad. But uh, Mike Zanino is also there at six foot two. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I just actually tied it for third at six foot one with um, Robin Robin Chirinos. He is on uh, Miami now. Uh, yes, is is Jacob Stallings. Yeah. Two years in a row, he had an OPS plus at ninety one. Exactly, that's pretty good. You know, I mean, he wasn't terrible. I'd take that honestly. I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, thoughts. My- <laughs> terrible basically um mine is to bring some positivity to the friend mel reyes of the world the, this one specific friend mel reyes that plays baseball for the cleveland guardians we love him um um well mostly usually we we, we don't love the blaze playing baseball right now we can put that Man, you have kids you can't just love them only when they're being nice and giving you friends. oh absolutely I have cats yeah. i can't only love them when they're being sweet little uh, kitty cats like whose foreheads i can kiss sometimes they're nut jobs you know yeah, sometimes they're Fran Morais, swinging and missing and everything. And exactly. Sometimes you got a big old meatball up there. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So mine is that on Sunday, Saturday? Sunday. The home run day? Uh, yeah, he hit a home run off Kendall Graveman, hit a slider home run. That was his first, his second off any breaking pitch this season. The other one was on July 3rd. Any off-speed pitch, according to Baseball Savant. None off breaking pitches, according to Savant. And the one on July 3rd was a curveball, so that wasn't even a slider. His last, well, so the weird thing is, I mean, the fact that he had the slider home run was good. It was, it was a terrible slider. It was like, it was the perfect outside third of the plate. He could get his arms out. It was a cement mixer, but slider's a slider. He would usually crush those. He hasn't this year. I mean, like last year, he was really good at hitting sliders for home runs. He had, what is it? 13 off-speed pitches. Uh, 11 of those were sliders. So this is like a very recent issue of his. I think when he was, he was good last year and. The year before, when he was showing that he could be good, like he was hitting slider, it's just such a recent issue of being so bad against them. And this year, he has a bazillion strikeouts, a lot of them against sliders. But maybe finally hitting another one, another home run off a slider. Um, 
as bad as it was, as perfectly placed to hit it as it was. Maybe one of the two of those, and he starts seeing the the spin of a slider, and it's not immediately in his head. I don't know, but it was nice to see him actually do it, and the fact that it's it's just such a recent issue for them. Last year, he was hitting him all the time. His last one was September 6th. He went on September 4th. Like I said, hit 11 off sliders last year. So maybe this is where he starts to not be as terrible, which would be unfortunate if the Guardians are, in fact, going to trade him. That was one of the the earlier rumors we had in the offseason was that maybe, or not the offseason, but the season, is that Terry Pluto apparently got hold of the fact that he's going to be, he's on the block, which I started to think maybe that was just kind of like a a way of the Guardians publicly telling him either you play a different position or we'll trade you. Because <laughs> he has played more right field since then, at least once, I think more than once maybe, so. Maybe that was kind of their way of doing that publicly. They're not actually going to trade him because we haven't heard anything else about it. But yeah, just just the meatballs, the fact that he hit him off a slider and it's he finally did it this year. We for, like it. For the first we time. love to see yeah. it, honestly. I mean, I don't know. This is something I think I know we've talked about um, several times. And it's not just us that talks about it. And a lot of other places, you know, a lot of podcast, podcasts and commentators and writers and just fans talk about the... Um, it's just weird how teams don't really employ like people for the mental side of the game. Cause it just seemed like half of this was, was him being in his own head, right? Like he was just slumping so bad and then forcing issues. And then he would just be out of the lineup for days on end for really no reason. Like I don't think he played on Friday or Saturday at all, which I don't know if that was a platoon thing or they just didn't think he was going to get, be good against that hitter or that pitcher rather or what, but there was a lot of weird lineup things this weekend. Like Jose Ramirez sitting out, he was a DH one game and then just out on Sunday. Like I don't know why he needs that much rest after the All Star break unless he's hurt. But that's that that was a very strange one right there because like normal like I get it like if it were August you know twentieth yeah, or whatever sure. like that yeah. give him a day off whatever it's a getaway day after a night game. Um, but yeah, I, I I you know we haven't heard enough about like the young guys getting time off and you're like he's twenty three years old like this is these are the guys that are supposed to play one hundred sixty two. I know people don't play one hundred sixty two games anymore. But play one hundred fifty five or whatever. But with the Reyes thing, I just I I just feel like he's been they've been putting him on the bench a lot. And I know like obviously there's a couple weird log jams they're dealing with still as far as having a bunch of guys they don't really have space for as far as. Um, outfield, right? Like right now, the outfield is kind of pseudo set as far as Quan, Straw, and Jones or whoever else. So there's not really space there for Reyes. And then um, for some reason, they want to get Owen Miller's bat in there. <laughs> for some reason, they're just desperate to. He's got to get it in there. You know, he's fast. And he makes a lot of contact, a lot of weak contact. So I don't. It know. is weird how how oddly set their outfield is now compared to recent years. It's flipped so quickly. Like the starting rotation is shaky in the outfield. At least two thirds of it, maybe all three, if Nolan Jones can get a couple hits in addition to his walks. Like we're we're good in the outfield for now, which is really strange feeling. And with him too, he's still hitting the ball hard, you know. So I got that's positive. And then some other guys coming back up too. So, um, like uh, Gonzalez, obviously we mentioned before. Um, I don't know. Yeah, the Rays thing is still just weird. It's so the whole season's been weird like that. Like I just feel like he got off to, to a slowish start. Did couldn't correct it. Pushed, pressed, fell apart. New hitting coach, obviously. So that's a whole new language you kind of have to learn to talk about hitting with. I don't know. I just, I don't really have any any insight or thought or, you know, a mar- you know, marvelous idea here. It's just, it's been weird with him, even beyond just the the performance, which happens. You know, I remember a couple of years ago when uh, Ramirez was just dreadful for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> like he was and just also so the last week. <laughs> yeah, it's been kind of the same thing for Ramirez. Yeah, but again, yeah, that's that's a, that's that's a small thing. Whatever, that's bad luck sometimes. But yeah, but been, yeah, it's not like been a, pressing a little bit too. It seemed like a season's worth of games between 2018 and 2019, whatever it was. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was just very strange. Um, but 
I don't know. This, this whole race thing's been very a very odd situation. I don't know if they're just trying to figure out what because it'd be great if he could hit like to have a middle of the order of like a, a hit like just if you go three, four, five, six even with him, Jimenez, R- Naylor, Jimenez, and Naylor, yeah. Ramirez. That's sick, man. I mean, that, that's up there with with some of the better like non Yankees lineups because they don't have Aaron. Although he bets second, so it doesn't matter. He wouldn't be three, four, five, six. <laughs> I mean, even uh, like Quan batting first and then Ahmed Rosario behind. Yeah, him exactly. No, like, that's a, that's a nice top six. And then uh, you know, even when you, when you get down to like Shaw batting or not Shaw Straw batting like eighth or ninth or whatever. Um, yeah, that's a whole ass lineup right there. That's hey, man, that's nice. And yeah, get a get a get a catcher with an OPS somewhere close to hundred. Uh oh, that, that that can run, that could run down the Twins. Honestly, the Twins pitching being somehow worse than the Gerds. Um they could they could run in that division if they wanted to. But yeah. Very weird. I don't know. Just the I I, I want to write about it or comment on it, but I don't really have any besides what the fuck is going on here. So. <laughs> what is he doing up there? Yeah. All right. What's your other uh oh yeah Brian Shaw <laughs> I forgot about that one. Go for it. Brian Shaw uh <laughs> earned a loss and a hold on, you don't uh, say <laughs> <laughs> in the same game the other day. Which is always fun. Um that loss brought him to exactly 500 <laughs> as awesome. a pitcher uh, in, in a Cleveland uniform. This is all in a Cleveland Thank uniform you. stuff. <laughs> it's precisely 500 in a Cleveland uniform. It also further ensconces his place at the top of the uh, Cleveland baseball holds leaderboard. He's like 134. <laughs> He's also number one in uh, blown saves among any Cleveland reliever all time at 27. Wait, how many losses does he have? Uh, forty six, I think now. As a again, as a guardian, yeah. that's the key to all this. Okay. So wait. So what was he five hundred in? I think I missed something. There. Oh, he's five hundred. His win loss record now, as of now, is five hundred. Oh, okay. Five hundred record. Gotcha. Yeah. As a guardian, <laughs> dead even. Yeah. Yep. Dead even, baby. Um, let's see. Because how many games is that? Four hundred ninety eight games. I don't know. Whatever. You figure it. Thirty one and thirty one. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh. But yeah. Also. Yeah. Again, he leads the entire uh franchise all time in holds. And in blown state. So, <laughs> That's awesome. you know, you just, he's out there pitching. I mean, <laughs> he's it, doing his thing. And he's probably going to be starting tomorrow. Year, you know, he's going to start tomorrow and somehow, I don't know, something's going to happen. But I tell you what, man, he sure has pitched a lot. And I think that if you're going to say one thing about Brian Shaw as a pitcher for Cleveland, he sure has pitched a lot of games. <laughs> 470 innings man like yeah. and he was I, I feel like for a while he got unjust hate like he was good for long stretches oh and sure. now it's from all come 20, crashing back yeah i would say from 2013 to 2016 four-year stretch a dead even three era i mean 282 innings pitched 137 era plus you know striking people out walking people a little much not giving up many hits but he was solid you know what i mean like even like he had a I, I, 2014, 80 games pitched, 259 ERA, 3-4-2-5-P, FIP, whatever, who cares? Uh, yeah, yeah, again, just led all baseball in, in appearances three times, led the American League another time. So always out there, always appearing. It's just we don't want to see him ever again. And he keeps on showing up there, and I hate it. So I'd love to see where he is in appearances. Let's find out right now, man. It'll be fun. <laughs> right here live on the, uh, the podcast. We're doing so it right now. He's second. There you go. Behind Emmanuel Classe, oh, yeah. who's much more fun to watch pitch. As a matter of fact, he is. Yeah, like, Enjoy well. him, because he's good. <laughs> so as far as what happened um, this week, just or, or what's coming up, the trade deadline, obviously. Um, on the 2nd, I believe, right? Is it this year on the 2nd? 
Yeah, they don't like that. Yeah. We're going to record before it's over this next week. Damn it. We'll see. But uh, sorry, listeners. <laughs> there might be trades like between recording and, and posting it. But um, until then, all we get is fun rumors, which, which talking about these rumors this time around, there's kind of two conversations to it. The one is, I mean, obviously these are real. Like they're, they're fun to think about. Like Zach, please, Zach being traded is interesting. Wilson Contreras to the Guardians. Sean Murphy to the Guardians. Who knows? Could be cool. But the second half is where the hell he's coming from and are any of them even remotely real? Because <laughs> every year we have this problem of like reporters. There's a difference between reporting that the Guardians have submitted a trade for somebody. They're in the running. Um, I would say like even somebody saying they're interested is kind of like the lower tier of things to get excited about. But it's still something. It's either that compared to just saying somebody saying this is somebody who's a fit. Like that's that's nothing. That's just somebody spitballing. Um, I think people like Jeff Passan, Jeff Passan, how you pronounce the last name, um, Ken Rosen's all them guys. Like when they say that stuff, they usually have more information than we do, but they also, they would just report stuff like that. They don't usually put it in, in just saying, these are some fits for this player. Like, I'm sure they have more information, but if they have something concrete, they usually tweet it out just to get the, the, uh, what do you call it? Interactions with it. But I haven't seen any for these three rumors, um, so far for the guardians. The first one that I saw, um, was from Brian O'Shea on Twitter, who is, I think, just a Cleveland fan, as far as I know, yeah. Um, but he was talking about that Jeff Passon said on ESPN that Zach might be in a different uniform by the end of the week. Um, and then Brian himself clarified in a later tweet that it was basically just like an offhand comment. So I don't think that's much of a rumor. I think Jeff Passon was basically just saying something that's obvious, <laughs> that Zach Plezak could be in a different uniform by the end of the week. Um, so with this first one, calling a last-second audible, I guess, like we're going to be like, trade deadline mythbusters is this is this a myth or do you think this is something that could actually happen and if it does does it make sense to trade zach please zach right now who i i think did he come out of the game tonight when when there's a rain like i stopped watching because we started recording but um this might have been his last game as a guardian starter which is kind I of just he's still pitching um yeah i don't know why that i don't know why that would happen i guess you know what I mean? Like they only have four healthy pitchers right now, <laughs> and like yeah. they're still very much in the race for like what? They're two games back, or whatever, three games back, maybe. And as we said before, they add even a mediocre bat at catcher. That's a big boost. Yeah, that might not help the pitching staff too much, but shaky anyway. I don't understand why that would happen. I understand you that they feel like they continue to pitch or you know stand in a position of. Uh, strength as far as pitching is concerned because maybe they're happy with what's coming down the pike and maybe um, Connor Pilkington's been sandbagging us this whole time and is actually good as a uh, starting pitcher. I don't know. And then on top of that, like who are they, who would they trade him to? You know what I mean? I know the, the number of, I guess, contenders as it were is, is, you know, bigger than ever because of you know, the expanded pro postseason with what, three wildcard teams now or something like that. Um, I don't know. I just I can't figure out where he'd go because like just looking at pe- teams that might make the playoffs, not the Yankees, not the Blue Jays. I mean, maybe the National League, somewhere. maybe the Phillies. I guess they always need more pitching. Um, the Brewers are stacked. Padres are fine. Giants. I don't think. I don't know. Maybe he'd be good in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean he is under control for a while too, so it doesn't have to be necessarily. It's not like a rental, but I also don't think you'd trade for him as like your future starter anyway. Like no, I mean it's weird. What would the? This is one of those weird things. Like, you know, it, it's obviously not in the not in the same realm as like Juan Soto. Obviously, <laughs> they're basically the same players. They're basically, effectively the same. You know, um, 
they both regularly make the ball go 90 or more miles an hour. So there you <laughs> go. Yeah. yeah. Basically the same. Um, um, but like, this is the point of like, this is got a guy who's still very much under control for quite a while. Uh, what? Three more years, three, four, five. Yeah. 23, 24, 25. Um, he's only got two years. Of it. Okay. Yeah. So quite a while. Um, I know he's not like great. He's basically a league average pitcher at this point. Which is fine for a back end of a rotation. This is kind of the kind of pitcher you have there for the long season. So I think only if they're actually planning on sticking around at the end of the division, he's the kind of guy you keep around for that sort of a thing. Because again, like as we've seen, Savali can't stay healthy. Um, Pilkington is not good. I guess I say he's just not. And then I, there just isn't a lot of. Brian Shaw starting a game that should tell you everything about the state of the rotation coming up right (laughs) and Kirk McCarty is like next in line to start at some point again right exactly so and I know like they they have all these young pitchers coming up but like they're not here yet and they're not here until next year probably so this is kind of again this is kind of a see what happens year to a degree and I think you if if you want to see it happen you got to see you got to see Zach Plesak and like what would the return be you know what I mean like another mediocre pitcher some bullpen arms, um, a catcher that can't hit. Like, I don't know the thing, all the things they already have, I guess it would be turning, it'd be like turning lead into a different chunk of lead, which is not that he is lead. He could be aluminum. Aluminum is that useful metal and nice. Uh, and used to be worth a lot, uh, turning, you know, aluminum into tin, I guess it's the same thing at the end of the day, but I don't know. To me, I don't think this rumor and the Wilson Contreras rumor can exist in the same universe. Because Contreras would be a rental, and if you're trading Zach Plezak, you're making yourself way worse for this year because you just don't have another filler arm. Yeah, like it doesn't make any sense to do both of those trades unless there isn't even unless. <laughs> I don't know why they'd be trying, but unless they're just doing like their due diligence, like seeing what the Cubs want for Contreras, if you can get him for basically nothing. I mean, he's 30 years old. He's He's been really good this year. Um, I'm sure it's going to cost more than they probably want to do just to get him for a rental. But then if you do that, like, why are you asking about Zach Plesek? Because you, you still have plenty of years. Like, this is trading him at his absolute lowest point. Um, like, he's his ERA. I mean, it's better than last year, but his peripherals are terrible. And, man, that 2020 season for everybody looks like such a mirage at this point. He had a 220 ERA, <laughs> strikeout per nine, almost 10, and it's been less than seven the last two years. I, I well, just like don't. I don't know is, why you trade them now compared to right. waiting. And, like, and, and like the thing is, out. like you need, you need starters. I, I, you know, there's fourteen hundred and sixty some odd innings in a in a in a season, right? Well, twice that, obviously. But you need to pitch that many. See if your pitcher goes two thirty, you know, six innings a game. There's still nine hundred and seventy innings you need to cover. You need to cover those. I don't care if it's with good or bad. And Sometimes these warm bodies, like, I don't know. It's weird, it's weird to say that we were, that we're at that point. But. <laughs> but like you said, there are pitchers that are coming. They are coming. Like, Daniel Espino is there. Uh, Gavin Williams is there. But unless my bold prediction from last week comes soon, comes true very soon and very heavy that he gets some major league innings, like, it's at least next year. So, like, this offseason makes much more sense to trade please heck. <clears throat> or midway through next year when he's hopefully not this bad. Because um, he has looked better in, in recent starts, I want to say, without looking at it. No, maybe not. But um, there was a streak there where he looked good in, in recent ones he haven't. But just hope he, he can moments. do that next year. And yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that's yeah, the thing. I, like, he, he has his moments, and you're like, hey, that's pretty good. You know, that's how it's up. And then he has bad moments. You're like, hey, that's pretty bad. I hate this. So, I don't know. Um, it's just a weird time to trade him, I think. But. Yes. No, exactly. It doesn't make any sense just from where the team finds itself right now. Um, the not to say he has quote unquote lots of value, but like the value he would return doesn't make any sense. And it just 
we weakened in a place it isn't at this point a weak place and would not bring back any corresponding strength. So what's the point here? What are we doing? Yeah, and as far as the rumor itself, I just don't think it's much of it wasn't Jeff Passan saying like Jeff Passan. It was, Passan, side. It was a, yeah, it was just a yeah, it was just a, a comment a that he made, which is yeah, listen, fine. We'll say a lot of stupid that. things, you know. I've been I've made a lot of podcasts over the years on a bunch of different uh, websites and written a lot of other articles. I read them later and go, I said what? So you know, that's <laughs> pretty make much any sense. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> so the next one, um, which I mentioned with the the please act, is Wilson Contreras. Obviously, he's a rental catcher. He's probably the best option if you're trying to win this year and have a catcher who's. He's probably worse defensively than the Guardians usually like, but at some point you've got to get somebody you can hit. I mean, he had 21 home runs last year. He has 14 already this year. Um, a 139 WRC plus. He's he's super good this year at the plate. This he's rumor, I think, also defensively, he's just kind of a push. I yeah, which I, I don't think is what the Guardians want. I think they want elite defensive catchers. But I mean, at well, some I point you've got to tilt it a little bit. The other I don't way. know. I don't think well, Hedges is one of the best frame. Early, at least he was. Maybe he's gotten worse, but he's he's always been really good. Point eight. Um, I mean. All his value this year is shown as uh, yeah. uh, baseball references uh, point eight uh, defensive wins. So, oh yeah, those are yeah. I, I think those are usually really weird in, in one season though. But yeah, I um, I, this rumor I don't think as much of anything either. I think it'd be cool if they did it. I want them to do it. Like one one reason it came was Jim Bowden on on the Athletic again was just saying like these are teams that could land him. That's all it was. And mm-hmm. also it's Jim Bowden. Who cares? <laughs> like I can't think of anybody who was. I would put less weight into what he says. <laughs> Like the the ratio of popular to taking into account what he says cannot be more off for Jim Bowden. But he just sort of said that the the Guardians are quote unquote favorites to land Contreras, um, along with the Astros, Mets, Giants, Padres. He or just said the most likely. There's nothing else to it. It's just the fact that he thinks they could be. And, and you all mentioned too. I can't even find the tweet anymore. I don't know if the guy deleted it, but somebody said that. Did they say Jeff Passan said it or somebody yes. else? Yes. No. Yeah. Um. No, it was, Ken it was, it was a Cubs right? writer. I can't remember his name, but yeah, it was a Cubs writer. Yeah, claim that the Guardians were finalists along with somebody else. And then there's also that one Twitter account, like five or Instagram. Five thirty eight, not five thirty eight, but but it was like yeah, three eight three fifty eight baseball. Who yeah. just churns out unverified rumors <laughs> about um it's about the trade deadline. I I don't want to despair. I don't know if that's actually a, a person or not. Like it's, he has a bunch of followers. I've never heard of him before, and but he just pumps out rumors. And one of them was that they're the finalists. He just kind of. I don't know. I, I don't think this one's much of anything either. I think it'd be really awesome. I want him to do it. I would be fine with, I think rentals anymore are cheaper than they used to be. So maybe you can get them. And if you're doing that again, don't trade Zach, please Zach trade, keep building up, get a reliever, another starter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like that's the thing. Like, like to your point, like I guess you trade for him to what end, I guess making the playoffs. Cause that's just cool. I don't know. I mean, new, new minority owner. He's like, listen, I want to make the playoffs this year. Can we just do that? <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah. All right. We have all these, Great young prospects. <laughs> just Let's kicks send. in a door. I want to make the playoffs. Playoffs. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's good to have, you know, I mean, for the young guys especially, it's good to have experience for when they, you know, you know, iron sharpens iron or whatever the hell. So, maybe it would be good experience for the younger guys. You know, your Jimenez is, 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 and um, I, I know Naylor's been all right and everything like that. But it would be good for them. It, have that be just a thing they do, kind of a... Plus, it's kind of a shot across the bow to teams like the White Sox, who if, like, if Cleveland makes the playoffs... White Sox are not making the playoffs. That's always cool. I uh, think it, it would help them win the division, which would be extra fun. And I don't think it would really cost. That's the thing. Like with someone like Contreras, I don't think it would. He's a thirty-year-old catcher with no sir. He would be a free agent at the end of this year, right? Yeah, yeah he's purely a rental. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I would say 
get him. See if you make get, get him to sign an extra two year deal. I mean, you probably won't sign it because you won't want to. Oh hell no! Back. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want him to sign on longer. I just want him to come up this year and have Bo Naylor next year. Well, I guess that works too. Yeah, either or. Yeah, because that's the other benefit of just getting a rental. Like if you get Sean Murphy, you're locked into him for yeah a, a few years. And if you have Bo Naylor coming up and he's ready. I mean, obviously, you, you wouldn't hate to have Murphy and Naylor, but I'd Murphy. be nice to have Contreras right now and then have Bo Naylor if he's ready next year and yeah, somebody else to back up. Yeah, I know. But, I, was just, I was just trying to think, like, to turning into a thing that made more sense for Cleveland itself would be to... But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I went on it anyway, so this would just help lift the team up, and you would be immediately, what, their third best hitter? Fourth best hitter? Third best hitter. Yeah. I would love it. He's also leading all of baseball and hit by pitches, which I, you know what? I love when <laughs> I love when they have a player like that, you know, uh, it's always right. fun. Got to so, get that Brandon guy or somewhere. I, 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 I figure like probably all the rumors we're talking about this week, um, there's not much to it, but that would be a fun one because it would just make them good. Now. I don't think it would cost them anything. Like if you look at their top prospects, the ones they are leaning on for like ramming that window open over, over the next, um, three to five years. I don't think it would cost any of those. So yeah, I, I, I'm okay with them. Cause again, it's fun. And like, who cares about prospects? Like at this point for a team like this, they're, they're just kind of th- things to spend, whether it's on wins for your team or to bring in things that bring wins. You know what I mean? So they're, they're just kind of assets at this point. I, I, I always hate talking that way about baseball players, but it's just a fact. So even if it was like, no, 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 I mean, I'm not, not Gabriel Arias. That would be a ridiculous trade, but I don't know. <laughs> just somebody who's not going to necessarily hamstring you forever. Just Brian Lavastida. For... I don't know. Whatever. Catcher for a catcher. They probably go, hell yeah, because they, they already have, um, you know, they're, they're pointing to Bo Naylor as being their next stud. So I don't know. Start from there and, go, and, and figure oh, it out. I, I do Lavastida in a heartbeat. I don't know if the Cubs would, but if they oh, I know. Well, I, that's a starting point, I guess. And you just kind of build off of that. So no, that'd be great, though. I, I think it would be a, a fun. Addition, obviously, you know, for various reasons, stemming from something that happened six years ago, Contreras can go to hell. But you know what? Maybe he can save his uh, reputation in Cleveland by yeah, carrying him to, a, to an unforeseen World Series this year. Let's do that. How's that sound? There you go. Um, the last rumor, I, I, this one, I, I, I don't know where the hell it came from. Is Sean Murphy? Again, this is just one that makes sense. I think for the Guardians to do, um, if if they don't believe that Bo Naylor is, is going to be ready next year and like enough to take over the, cause the A's are apparently shopping Murphy. He's, he's not a free agent in 2026. So you've got a lot of control on him. They're obviously going to need a lot of prospects for this one. Um, and again, this 358 baseball account, I've seen some people also just quote that Ken Rosenthal has been linked to them. I, I don't see it. They, Ken Rosenthal wrote yesterday about Sean Murphy. Um, he said the athletics are drawing interest in catcher Sean Murphy would probably would need to be overwhelmed. He didn't mention any teams in here at all. I don't. Did he tweet it? Did he say it somewhere? I don't know. People don't. I mean, unless like Rosenthal is just not tweeting out these things anymore. Because it used to be the the big thing is like you you say that the Guardians are interested in, in Sean Murphy, but there's nothing. I don't know if he just said it on MLB Network at some point and nobody's linked a video. But I haven't seen anywhere where he's actually said it, other than people quoting that he said it, even though he hasn't. But <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Again, like this is one. I get that Sean Murphy would be under control and probably more in line with how the guardians operate, which is like why it would make sense for them to extend Contreras, Like you said, if that's what they usually do, but if they want to get Murphy for longer years, but then I'd also just like to have Bo Naylor and not worry about dumping that many prospects in the Sean Murphy. Cause you're going to need to get a lot like a catcher like him. Who's excellent defensively. Um, and still pretty good offensively is going to cost you an absolute shit. He's only 27. So he's not like ancient. He's going to be going right into his prime and you're going to get all of his prime years and then not worry about 
um, having a catcher into his mid thirties, he's almost like the perfect situation to get a bunch, a big haul for the A's. And I don't think the guardians are necessarily going to be in on that. So um, like this one, I think it's more of the player they usually acquire, but I think it's just going to be too much for them to get. And the rumor itself is as much as I want it to be true. Like I I wouldn't hate this one either. Just any kind of catcher upgrade at this point. I, I don't see it anywhere really. He has, I'm just looking at innings, like total innings. Because, you know, obviously that's what's important for a catcher is they just they ground into dust over time. Um, just for reference's sake, including all levels. I'm going all the way back to, I think, high school. Nope, college. Um, right? Yeah, 2011 for, uh, what's his name? Hedges here. He has 7,900 innings caught, uh, which is a lot. There's, I mean, there's right, so there's three innings in playing third base there all the time. But at 7,900 as, as a catcher, whereas um, Murphy's at 4,200 across um, college, amateur, minor, fall, and winter leagues, and pros. So obviously a lot less uh, kind of use, which is good. He'd be fresher. Um, he can hit, which is nice. As you mentioned, he's good defensively. But it would block Bo Naylor. How do I feel about that? <laughs> Who could also maybe be slightly worse. Is uh, Bo Naylor, offensive. I mean... I mean, is he known for his, his first defense? You know what I mean? Like that—that's the thing. Is it's sort of I know, but like this, like, I don't really read a lot about. I read about how his bat is absolutely absurd, and like I don't know. Like, I, what does that I think if like? they they didn't believe in his defense, he wouldn't be there in AAA. Like they would have moved him by now to something else. I think that's kind of a a signal they at least sort of believe in him there. Hopefully, so I don't know, but I don't think I mean, he's great defensively. He's just kind of no, enough that they think they can work on him to make it work. Just on like fan graphs, it was before the season. They ranked him 28th in, in the uh, Guardians farm system. They gave him a 35 current, 40 future fielding, and 55 throw, which is very much not in their wheelhouse, as you noted. So obviously, we're talking about Naylor being like the you know the, the backstop. But like, if it's the fact it's the bat that's going to carry him, I I just don't want to go through another Victor Martinez situation where he just it's just watching garbage. Um, I don't know. Um, having a guy like like as we've seen what um you know the Guardians have valued over the last few years. To your point, yeah, it would suffer them to just kind of empty the um, farm system for this guy, but he would fix a lot of issues, which would be nice. He'd be around for at least three or four years. The you know the extent of at least the first couple of, you know first well first two thirds the first half of a window. Um, I don't know. I could be talked into it. Again, he could hit, and like, I'm just love to have the, both the Naylor boys. Um, <laughs> that would be one of the best things I think is having. Obviously, that would be the most fun part. Uh, which is, you know, at the end of the day, what am I here for? It's for for fun, cool things. But for a team that could win, Murphy's definitely that guy. Uh, it would be fun to see Naylor grow into a catcher, but like, he's not that. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and for what it's worth, Fangraphs they had Naylor ranked 28 prior to the season. Now he's up yeah. to three on the team. Yeah, so it's obviously he's grown and gotten better. Yeah, but, and his, yeah, his future value has gone up 10, which that's a that's a huge thing to bump up like this close. Like it's it's to the point where somebody realized they they missed something, <laughs> and like he's gotten a lot better when he's gotten to where you can see him um, easier in the higher levels, and and now Fangraphs loves him even more. So I think his his season this year has probably accelerated when the Guardians expect to see him, and I think. Because he's hitting the shit out of the ball. Oh, he's God, absolutely man. crushing it. 175 WRC plus. Oh, my word. My word in heaven. <laughs> and goodness. he's always walked a lot. And it's, even in AAA, it's held pretty well. Um, and, and like the Guardians, they love these these players that are young at the level and outperforming. And he's 22 in AAA, which is 
ridiculous as a catcher. And and again, we don't see his defensive metrics, and I don't watch enough to know like how he actually looks back there. But um, scouts at Fangraphs seem to say he's improved defensively. Um, Prospects Live, I know they they said he's gotten better. So I think there's enough there to say that he's potentially the catcher of the future. Which I don't even feel like at the beginning of the year it felt like that. But this year he's just grown so much, and we've seen so much of him that it, it seems like it's come out of nowhere that he's going to be. I mean, to your point about what they say about him on Fangraphs, their TLDR is he's improved defensively. His bat might come on too quickly for him to become a real catcher. Now, now that doesn't – if he just tears – I mean, I'm saying, man, if he just finishes the season with like a with a batting line the way he's put up so far in AAA, there's nothing they could do that makes any sense to keep him in AAA. It's, oh, it's, yeah, okay, I get it, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's yeah. crazy. Like, if he finishes hitting 311, 450, 600, like – what are we doing? Like this is immediately like an elite bat being imported into the team. Like, and at that point, you can't work on his AAA catching anymore. He's just going to be shoved in the majors and maybe not ready to catch. And then he'll be exactly. And then at that point, then that, that's why we're looking at a trade of someone like Reyes because he's going to have to DH or play. He can't play anywhere in the infield because his brother is there, and he can't play. And all the other positions are filled. Can't play in the outfield really because those positions are all pretty much filled. So. Probably be a full time DH. I don't know. DH slash catcher is a weird position, <laughs> but, <laughs> which is well, weird to have a player like him at DH too. I don't think he's a huge power guy. Maybe a little bit, but he's a huge power guy. And that's the thing. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Five ninety five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a power guy. <laughs> he's a power guy. I, I never think of him as a catcher. Like that. I always think of him as a smaller, faster catcher. But I guess he's he's, he's a big guy. dinger boy. He keeps on hitting him off the scoreboard in Columbus or something like that. I don't know. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. One kind of funny thing about the Fangraph scouting is his speed is fifty out of forty. <laughs> I don't think they upgrade the or they update the potentials until after. It's like his real time. Why? He'll just get slower. That makes that makes perfect yeah. sense. Honestly, <laughs> he's he's fast now, and he's going to get slow. his future speed is lower. And everybody's future speed is eighty at first, or everybody's current right. speed is eighty. It slowly goes down as you get closer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's how <laughs> speed works, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's that's it's a weird set of rumors for the Guardians this year. There's, I, I think, other than the Reyes rumor getting out, like they've been good. We haven't heard. Anything about potentially Ahmed Rosario being traded? Maybe that just means he's not, but they're usually tight-lipped. They're really good this year um, about keeping Manning. these guys under wraps. Manning said something just during the game today, like when I was watching before the before we started recording. He's like, I think he's going to be here for a long time. He fits into this team real well. And like obviously that's just Manning being Manning. Rick Manning. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have our own Manning being Manning. That oh, was Manny being Manning. Never mind. <laughs> Close Damn enough. It. There you go. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I'm not assuming he's he's slipping in some some secret words here that you know just to as a wink to the fans. But and I don't think that the Guardians look at him that way either. I I would I I expected them to trade him this year, or if not this year, then the off season. But I think there is kind of know. something to the message it would send. Like Zach Mizell said that in his article today about potentially trading him. Like if this team, if they are competing. What does it say if you're sending somebody like Ahmed Rosario, who's been good, like he hasn't been bad this year, other than not great defensively, but he's been good and apparently a clubhouse leader. Like if that's all true and you trade him, what does that say to everybody else that you're trying to, if you do that and then say you're trying to win, it's kind of mixed messages, I think you're sending. But I mean, I think statistically it makes sense, but for clubhouse wise, I don't think it does as much. I mean, that does bring up the grander conversation around what is it like to be, to be a Guardians player, you know what I mean? Or a team anywhere, any of the, you know, any one of the like playing for the Rays or the uh, Athletics or you know any of these teams that are just known for moving assets as they view them, right? 
what is that like? I don't know. Like everyone, ostensibly everyone on the entire roster outside of maybe Jose is tradable for something. As long as the return is correct, like they'd move Josh Naylor for something. It would have to be absurd, but everyone's tradable. I mean, shoot, again, not to keep on the circle back to it, but it is potentially the biggest news of the trade deadline is Juan Soto. I did, you know, I was at the, what do you call it, at Nats Park for a conference today, and I kept on asking some of the workers, hey, what's the deal with Juan Soto? Come on, they're like, stop asking me. I was like, ugh. <laughs> Just work the hot dog stand out. Where the hell is Mike Rizzo? I need to speak to Michael Rizzo, please. Just yelling during a networking half hour. <laughs> I need to talk to Mike. Sir, get back to your booth. <laughs> Tell him I do a podcast. He'll I have thoughts. I'm wise. <laughs> Yeah, it's. But yeah, it's I don't know. Everybody's I, they're all movable. You, so. I guess you just kind of have to stay, understand that when you're on a team like this. I think so. Yeah, happen. and I think just as a baseball player, you understand that he's already been traded once. You know, like, and even before that, like he moved around a lot. I, I would, you know, I mean, just look at even in the minors, like Kingsport, Savannah, Brooklyn, Binghamton, St. Lucie, Las Vegas. Like you move around a lot as a baseball player. It just is what it is. Yeah, and I think the first time they see Andres Jimenez turn a double play to Gabriel Reyes at second base, they're going to be all right, who? Ahmed, who? Anyway, like, moving yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think I think the first time we see how good he is at shortstop with somebody else at second base, and then, I mean, if Andres Jimenez keeps hitting like this, I, mean, I, don't, I don't care what happens. Like, if he's oh, a shortstop who hits like this, that's absurd. Yeah, no, exactly. You have basically a, I mean, you have a superstar. You have basically what the Astros have gotten to enjoy for since 2012 or whatever. So that's pretty cool. You know, I mean, obviously um, he does not have a lot of fans as Altuve, but they love him there because he hits good and is talented. So, you know, but other than that, I just can't even say that Reyes, I don't, I, the, the idea of trading makes sense, but it's like, it's such a low sell low situation. It's like, what do you do there? I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what else they try and do because they have the one holding to plug. They can't move pitching. They could trade for pitching. That was fun. I don't know who that would be, but who's <laughs> a good Rays pitcher on just... the Diamondbacks? Let's see. Looking, looking, yeah. looking. <laughs> Merrill Kelly. Trade for him. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, he's 33. Never mind. Don't trade for him. Uh, Zach Gallon. Trade for him. I don't know. He's 26. Oh, I love Zach Gallon. Holy cow. There you go. I've, I've, I've piqued your interest. Well, guess what? We have a ton of prospects. So <laughs> Shove him over there. There you go. And that team stinks. So this guy's nickname is Milkman. Let's get him. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, the race thing is just weird to me. The fact that it came through Terry Pluto, which at that point you know it's somebody on the team saying, "Hey, Terry, we're going to trade. We're talking about trading for him." Right, it's exactly. Like, that's, that's, which that's publicly saying that on purpose for the Guardians. Well, and also like everyone knows, basically, he is a mouthpiece, so he's just a way for them to say these things publicly without saying them. Um, yeah, this is kind of weird politics and my, the mind games, I suppose. I don't know to what end. I know you mentioned obviously earlier it was like. Maybe this will motivate Reyes, but like I, I just from completely outsider's perspective, I don't think he seemed like lazy or un un like dis, uh, disengaged or not trying. I think he's been trying too hard and trying to yeah, oh for sure, yeah, catch a you know catch a comet or whatever, and just trying to ride that back to where he was even last year because like he was excellent. Like, I keep on forgetting how good he was last year. You know, like yeah, in 115 our games, he was a monster. He was amazing. I was, I was expecting 40 home runs, 120 RBI this year. It was going to be cool, man. And he has less total extra base hits this year than he did just doubles last year. Dreadful. So, All right. For, 
to wrap it up, I think I just want to talk about, um, since we're in the second half now, I mean, we've been for a while, but the, the all-star second half, post-star stall break. We're, yeah, we're, we're, um, we're staring down the, the the last of the big milestones, basically. Yeah. Trade um, I, I wanted to look at just the the projections the Guardians have going forward, Zips and Steamer, just because, basically because it's easy to see on fan graphs. <laughs> it's easier to go through there. Uh, but they're both good. I like like both the systems. Um, so I looked at all of them, just kind of just put them in a post. I'll link it in the... the uh, the notes for the podcast but i just 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 looking at them like do you have one big surprise out of all of them looking at like well, i don't I know want to I said every this, single player and look at them but just a couple i know i said this jokingly but austin hedges wrc plus going up 25 I points <laughs> he would have to have a crazy run there <laughs> and even like, then when you look at the line it's still terrible yeah and he, yeah and then we're talking about a guy hitting 198 254 250 yeah like <laughs> He would have to go and just like tear the cover off the ball. Not hard, but you know, just like hit basically the way Naylor's hitting now. Um, I know Zips is usually a little bit more uh, conservative. So everything else here, I'm, I'm pretty much on par with. I think, honestly, the Jimenez one, um, them having his WRC plus being 104 the rest of the year. Again, that's just suffering from lack of sample size, I think. He does have incredibly, they mentioned his batting average on balls in play was wild the first half of the year, uh, 353. So. Yeah, and I think he's a guy who can keep it higher, but projections I agree. never think he will. So I think so, I, and he's been lucky. But again, I, I, he does make some of his own luck. Other than that, like, I, everything else here, kind of, you know, I think Straw will return to form. Sure, I think that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I love how much they love Nolan Jones. So other than that, yeah, yeah, and then the the pitchers, other than Shane Bieber, who they they still strangely love, they think he's going to strike out a ton, which I think that's he a was thing. Good I'm, for a while, so I don't know. That's, you know it's, projections can't read stickiness so they kind of think no. why is he bad he's gonna be good again but the rest of them everybody else is terrible like it's all fips yeah. in the mid fours i think cal quancho could probably outperform it just because he's a high ground ball low he strikeout guy that, which yeah, exactly projections hate so i think maybe he can do better but the rest of them man like there's nobody good here this is please <laughs> speaks to everything i expect out of him i suppose um this is just kind of i think the kind of pitcher he is you know low strikeouts mediocre you know not high but you know middle and walk i don't think he'll have an era in the four fives um but yeah i, I think he, he'll walk an era in the, at four the rest of the year i'd be unsurprised by it. he's he's such a perfect quality start pitcher you know what i mean yeah Which not is like a an 450 ace, ERA. You the six and three every time yeah yeah exactly I, I i think that sounds like what he'll he could bring to the table um Savali at this point is so hard to read I, I don't know what kind of pitcher he is anymore he's been hurt so much the last couple of years. He's changed the way he pitches so much the last couple of years. Um, he doesn't even throw his cutter anymore this year. So I think maybe because of his wrist, but I don't know. That one's a weird one. I suppose it really surprised surprised the heck out of me. But I don't I don't know I don't I don't know where to go with it. And I, I know in the past I've talked about Tristan McKenzie because I have him here with what a four thirty ERA or four fifty two whatever. Um, I still can't get a read on him because he just seems like he's hittable. You know what I mean? I don't know really how to put that into words, but like he doesn't throw an overly overpowering fastball. I, I know he probably gets by a little bit with like some interesting spin um, and some uh, release point situations. His secondary stuff is merely mediocre, but he seems to be more than the sum of his own parts. I said that two years ago. Is that Zach Plezak though too? So <laughs> and then he wasn't I, and, Aaron, and Aaron Savali for that matter. Um, it turned out he was exactly the sum of his parts. <laughs> exactly. So I just I'm I'm. I'm still higher on McKenzie than I think I was. Even at Plezak, I think I'm more excited about the potential of McKenzie. And we've seen it the last couple starts. So, 
I, I think he's a better pitcher, certainly, yeah. than either Plezak or Savali. I think that in the next two or three years, he'll solidify himself as a, the number three probably pitcher. They need that big guy again. We were hoping Bieber would be that guy. Obviously, the arm injury and the lack of possible lack of stickiness uh, has reduced his ability to be good like he was. Like you know, obviously it was crazy Cy Young year, and the year before that was pretty good too. They need that guy, I guess. They they need the the bell cow or the whatever you want to call him. There's that frontline guy to really start, lead the, the rotation because you know yeah, even when he was the absolute, are... well, even when he wasn't the best pitcher on the rotation, Kluber was a guy that kind of it kind of set the tone. I don't think they have that guy right now. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I think those guys are coming in like Espino and, and right, Williams, but that's that's right. a ways away. They need like, it right now, and it's not because like step one is being able to do it, and then everyone else wants to copy. I remember, I, like, I remember it was. An article or something people were talking about a years a couple years ago after Kluber left and everyone else left and then like they passed on the the, the way of doing things and like it's one of those things like um, this is gonna sound insane but it's like in Warhammer forty thousand how... <laughs> I say that about baseball all the time <laughs> <laughs> no how how the the machine uh, the guys who live on Mars I can't remember that but anyway the like the machine cult they don't actually know how to fix things or build things. They just think that it's the spirit within the machine that makes it work. So they worship the the machine spirit. Um, Adeptus Mechanicus, that's who it is. Uh, so like they, they don't actually know how to make the big ro- the big like, robots and things work or the tanks or things like that. They just know that it does work and it must be you know the blessing of God himself. So it's like the further abstract you get away from the things that made Kluber so good and the way he led the staff the worse and worse it gets because they're kind of going through the motions of these, of these strictures. And I guess I could just reference normal religion, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but also worshiping robots. It, it counts in there. I, Whatever, I get what you're you know. going at. Yeah, they yeah don't, exactly. Like, they're getting further and further away from the guy who actually did it to the point where it's like, this is what was laid down before us. So we must follow <laughs> this precisely. And like, it doesn't make any sense because it's not humanist anymore. It's just, yeah. We are. We must be doing it this way because it all. Because this is how it was done by the great one before us. Yeah. <laughs> the great Corey Kluber before us. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think I'll do it for this week, Mary. If you haven't already, follow us on uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Covering the corner, coveringthecorner.com. Follow us on Twitter. I'm Matt Roy. He's Merrill Lunch, like Merrill Lynch with lunch, and that uh, obviously at Cover the Corner on Twitter. Mary, talk to you next week. I can't believe I referenced. <laughs> <laughs> More spot on. 40, yeah. that was a good anyway that, that's been our goal since the beginning of the podcast is <laughs> yep we got there 40,000 we nailed it all right so <laughs> that's it today's episode is brought to you by cars.com With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. 
But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.